Julio swings, corks it out of line. This game is now tied. Julio, his first career multi-homer game, comes off one of the game's great closers. Kenley Jansen coughs it up on a blast. 117 miles an hour. Swing on its way. Left center field. Suarez tags it deep by the wall. Walk it off. Eugenio. They're waiting for you. They're waiting for you. They're going to take you down. He's pumping his fist. The Gatorade bath is on. Eugenio. Now that, guys, is what I consider one of his best calls of all time. Oh, my goodness. Two, two times he drew it out. Right. And so I'm glad to hear young TJ say that he liked that. Yeah. I do, too. It was raw, sheer emotion in a game like that, sometimes in isolation. And this is where, too, you know, I'm not now trying to apologize for myself. I would spend the rest of this day, this week, this month, this year, the rest of this life trying. If I had got into that, a lot of things, you know, I had work through, and I, <laughs> you know, I could spend a long time. Look, I'm sorry about this and that. So I could spend the rest of today, in a sense, apologizing for the raw, sheer emotion and trying to justify it. I will say that those calls by Goldsmith in a vacuum by themselves, without the buildup without understanding and knowing the emotional swings that led you into those moments, that you had just had your gut punched, allowing five in the top of the inning. A game that you had won is a game you now had lost, and it was a bitter defeat, and Kerry was calling it one. Eggers on Twitter, one of the all-time, one of the all-time Mariners defeats, like one of the worst ever yeah. in organization history, and he wouldn't be far wrong. You have to factor all of that in to the back-to-back jacks from Julio and A. Eugenio, and the, the subsequent emotion from Aaron Goldsmith. If you simply just played those without any background, without any knowledge, the calls themselves, well, still some would say, oh, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard. Others might look askance and say, eh, it's a little over the top. Nah. But in those moments, certainly not. And I'm hoping, all I'm saying in that, people say, I heard you got a little excited, Parker. Well... <laughs> Yeah, but I'm hoping that, again, the backdrop, the background, the misery of the previous experiences there, the minute 50 seconds that was just absolutely off the charts phenomenal, would warrant a a somewhat jubilant response. I didn't even think it was that over the top. No. Okay, but Paul just said it's most exciting he's ever heard me on a call. Well, it's been a long time. That's the, that's that's the one thing that I noticed. <laughs> right. I thought about this, I, and it's like, well, when was the last time there was anything to get that excited about? Right. But there have been many calls in football over the last 24 years where uh, I thought uh, you were easily as excited. As in that moment or, or the, more. The, my, I've talked about the Fresno State fan giving me the evil eye and the stare down <laughs> through the glass at the end of that thing. I wasn't pounding on his glass. I was only pounding on the Dustin Hoffman, the graduate glass above me. Yeah, Elaine, Beavers win. 
Uh, <laughs> well, the whole thing that, that nullifies that guy yeah. is the fact that you said he was staring at you from the, the beginning whole game. of the game. Yes. And that they're boosters right there. They yeah. shouldn't be there. Yeah, they're right to the right That's of like the visiting the radio. That's like NBA putting fans right next yeah. to the coaches. <laughs> I remember that that first started. I thought, wait, yeah. what? Right. They're doing what? Now yeah. it's, it's as common as can be. Nick Dashiell was just telling us that he was, he was standing by the locker room and the Beavers are heading back into the locker room. The yeah. one Fresno State fan won. I yeah. mean, not a bunch of them, so that's good. But there was one just uh, giving him the business. Uh, yeah, and, and just uh, uttering uh, ridiculous profanities at yeah. each Beaver player as the Beaver players would run into the locker well, room. Well, in 01, as we talked about and chronicled on Friday with several interviews, that was everybody was doing yeah, that. Apparently, there, a lot of that was going on in 01 and 03. But you were telling me it's the same setup. They they have maybe a tunnel of, of gates, well, but they still have to go over to the baseball facility for yeah, the locker room? Yeah, I, I, that's the sense I got. It seemed like the guys stopped as I was moving on my way in. The guys yeah. were going into a locker room near the Bob Bennett baseball field where Jim Wilson hit a home run in his freshman year, mm -hmm. and Aaron Judge and Jordan Poyer played on together with Poyer with the Beavers and Judge with Fresno State in 2011. Just 11 years ago, those young men, not, and Judge wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, my gosh, there's Aaron Judge. They, uh -huh. He wasn't even that much of a prospect at that time. That's amazing. And Poyer, who knew? Who knew what he yeah. would become? I mean, right. we knew he was good in football, but I don't think we knew he was quite, you know, going to be the type of uh, player Pro, that he's become. But anyway, all of that, the, the guys did dress over adjacent to the ballpark, but yeah. it didn't seem like, and once we're up in the booth, we don't see the gauntlet that they have to run through, but it didn't seem like it was quite as, uh, quite as uh, challenging as it might have been 19 years ago right. and 21 years ago. But the Beavers won it, a uh, thrilling win. And we're getting, I'm, I'm just sort of an informal uh, survey here about, uh, you know, what were what was everybody thinking in the moment? And the man himself is heading on in, Jonathan Smith. I'm sure he'll review some of the things that went into the last couple of plays and decisions. I know he wants to, in as much as the win was glorious, move on to uh, Brent Vegan and a powerful program at Montana State coming into Providence Park this weekend. We'll hear about that from the coach as we get rolling on this uh, Monday edition of Jonathan Smith's Presser here on 1240 Joe Radio. Okay, good to go. Um, yeah, just kind of quickly recapping uh, after watching the tape, just really proud of the you know competitive character of the team um, in, in all three phases. Got, again, a ton of respect. I just thought it was a really good football uh, game. Both sides, back and forth, making plays, competing, came down obviously to the end there and uh, was, was happy with our guys responding uh, throughout, throughout the game. But uh, then we always move forward and really looking forward to, to this weekend's game. One, playing in Portland, uh, a little bit different, but excited to get around a, a bunch of Beaver fans that live up that way and excited playing in a cool venue, uh, a soccer venue that I think is going to be great for a, for a football game and the atmosphere. And so we're excited about getting up there and doing that and playing a quality opponent that has our full attention. You talk about a team that's won a bunch of games last year, playing for a national championship in the national championship game last year. A couple of guys drafted off of their roster. So they got our complete attention on both sides of the ball, quality football, and our, our guys are going to have to prepare really well to, to give us a chance to, to win the game. Um, okay, so you won the game Saturday. You didn't have any turnovers. Penalties were down on offense. Did you feel like you saw the typical improvement you would like to see from game one to two? 
I think we'd like to have a little bit more. I do think we were cleaner on that end. Uh, but after watching the tape, we mis-ID'd a few times offensively. Obviously, we dropped the ball. Uh, and we got more to us. I did think, you know, the snap count thing, hostile place, uh, that was better. Uh, but and, – and without a turnover, you score 34 points. That's a – you take that a lot of times, offensively to score 34 without a, gaining a turnover, great field position or type thing. So there's a lot to like. Um, but I still think there's a little bit more to us. What 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 specifically did you did you not particularly? I didn't think you made a step forward in improvement. Well, again, we got to catch the ball to stay on the field and 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 sustain drives. I go back. We took a couple of sacks. We mis ID'd a couple of times in the run game. That uh, did not show up as much in week one. We dropped a few balls. Um, so that, there's some steps we'd like to make there. How do you how do you how do you fix the drops? I think it's a little confidence and concentration. I, these guys are well capable of catching the ball, and so you make an emphasis uh, again in practice, throwing, the, recreating that in practice, even during individual and where the ball was placed, the exact route they were running when they didn't bring it down. Now that you've seen Fresno State, how good did you think that team was? I think they're pretty good. I think they're going to win a bunch of games. Uh, I thought the quarterback. I mean, on tape, and I saw it in person, there were some big-time throws in there. We're around him a little bit. He's standing in there throwing strikes. Uh, they can separate man coverage. I think defensively, the physical tackle well challenged us, so I think they were good. Defensively, only one sack. I, 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 watching them against Cal Poly, I thought you guys might have a little more success. Is that because of your scheme, or was that just because Hayner was getting the ball out? Yeah, I think it's Hayner getting the ball out. I mean, we did – we blitzed him a little bit, um, got the ball was coming out. I know they threw it a lot, pass attempt-wise, but a lot of those, he wasn't going to sit there and, and hold the ball. He's a little more athletic than he, people probably give him credit for. He escaped a few times. So um, we would like to affect the passer more than we did. No Corey Stover. Um, there were some other guys. We saw Lolo Haya back in the lineup. How's injuries playing yep. out? Uh, Corey had been banged from the first game, and, and he was available, but uh, didn't didn't get him in the game and, and the need to – hopefully he's feeling a whole lot better in this next week. Um, who else did you ask about? It was nice to get him in in a limited role, but he played a little bit, and hopefully uh, now he'll be playing a whole lot more uh, this next week. Should be good. Yep, should be good. James Rawls should be good. Uh, Luke Musgrave will not. You will not see him this week. Um, hopeful to get him back in a few weeks, but not this week. Trey Lowe, same way. Trey Lowe uh, aggravated it really on Tuesday. Um, and so he might be a, a week or two away, well, but you won't see Trey or Luke this week. It's a uh, not a disciplinary, call it an injury. It's a non-football injury. He'll be back here in a week or two. The big impact of not having Luke in there um, and how you guys are going to handle that now facing Montana State. Yeah, he's a good player. Um, he's going to be missed for, for a game. Um, made some big-time plays for us, but I do think we got some other weapons. And it's a little bit like I told the team yesterday. It's, you know, getting into week two, three, it's college football and next man up. And uh, we got weapons out there in, in the backfield to throw it to. And we got some good tight ends in that room, so we're just going to have to adjust. And you guys – practice at Providence earlier in, in fall camp. Any big takeaways from that practice going into what's going to be a different kind of venue, you know? Yeah, I think uh, just getting there and seeing the venue itself, starting to imagine it full with a bunch of Beaver fans. I think it's going to be cool and fun. I think our guys are excited to get up there and, and play in front of our fan base.
So take me back, Fresno. Was that your decision to go forward with that, or was that the players that wanted to do that? Um, well, yeah, ultimately, yeah, my decision. Um, but we get the PI call. I thought it was late in communicating where the ball was going to be placed. Was the PI in the end zone or not? And there's a difference there. If it's in the end zone, it goes to two. Obviously, if it's half the distance. So we're waiting on that. Got that solidified. Started thinking about our red zone defense and our ability to keep them out of the end zone. Um, talked about a call or two, sent the field goal unit, and we were kicking it. And we did kick it, actually, before they called timeout. Then flipped the script. Yeah, decided to, like, look, you're going to kick this field goal. The best thing you can do is tie the game. You still had a chance to lose it, uh, no opportunity to win it, and so went with the the call um, to give Coletto the what he had scored on previously earlier in the game. They call timeout again, come on over, and, and this is the truth. Jack comes over, I'd rather do this. I'd rather have this call. I think this is better. Look him in the eye and like, okay, let's do that. So Jack calls it, and obviously he scores. Your defense gave up a bunch, gave up a bunch of yards, but really – competed in the red zone and mm -hmm. kept you in the game in that second and third quarter where it felt like they just had the ball for the entire time. Yeah, they're tough to – and they can move it, and they're tough to, to stop. Um, again, you know, stats are, are what they are. It comes down to scoring points. I think the same thing for us on offense. You know, we're not trying to every game just rush for 200 yards or something. We're trying to score. And so it was a great job by our defense to, to keep them out. There's a huge difference, and played out in that game, the difference between seven and three points. Um, Oladapo obviously had 15 tackles, but it seemed like more than that, he didn't allow their receivers any yards after the catch, pretty much. He seemed like he was right on them as soon as they caught the ball. Was that kind of what you saw? Yeah, I thought he played well. We asked him to play a lot of coverage, man coverage, um, and had a, a great game. Now, when they're completing a bunch of balls on you, you can have opportunities to make tackles, and, and we were glad that he's getting them on the ground because, um, again, they're, they're good. I thought he had a really good game. He's one of my favorite stories on this team from where he started as a freshman, what he's done on and off the field, developed, turned into one of our leaders, a voice, and a really good player. I, I was going to ask that. We've known he can tackle and hit. Yeah. Coverage has been a work in progress, Again, hasn't it? Well, yeah, and I go back to Fresno, how good those guys are. They did. I mean, I, we got two veteran corners, and they challenged those two guys outside a little bit, but they were going to throw it interior on, you know, or nickel or safety. Credit to them. Good scheme. Um, but Catan did a, a really good job competing throughout the night. It's two of the guys that you forgot to ask about. Julian, he didn't play again. Is he, he, did he make the trip? I he think. did He did trip. Um, he's practiced a little bit more. Um, we're anxious to get him get him back and going. Hopefully this week through practice he'd get to a point where he's, he's ready to go in the game. And then where, where does – Hayes was a little limited with Yep, he's been a little bit limited, and the way Atticus has been kicking off, we felt felt good about that, and so we still feel good about um, you know Everett doing the field goal thing, Atticus on the kickoff, and when Everett gets fully healthy, we got both of them. Did you did you like the kickoff coverage in the game? Could have been better, uh, so we could have placed the ball better a little bit. And again, they got a good returner, we knew that going in, uh, but it, yeah, it could have been a little bit better. Montana State's gonna, their their quarterbacks are going to run a lot because you saw a guy Boise can run a little bit. Does that help you at all, or is it totally different? Oh, no, I think it helps you a little bit. Um, again, that game, Boise, adjustments within the game. Now we get a week to kind of prepare. They've got a couple of guys they can put back there that can make plays at quarterback. So, And it's, it's dangerous. It's tough to defend when they can throw it and the quarterback can run the ball, which they present problems that way.
Just back to that game-winning play, trusting Jack. I mean, not a lot of coaches or not every coach would trust their player in that situation. Uh, where does that come from for you? Was there a moment in your coaching career where you made that switch to trusting your players in those situations where maybe other coaches would use more conventional wisdom? Right. Where did that kind of develop for you? No, that, that's been a little bit – like I think about a coach quarterback for a long time. And there'll be some situations, whatever, third down, TV timeout. Hey, what do you like? You like this or that? And you want the quarterback to feel comfortable. Um, and I go back to this trust thing. Yeah, Jack on the particular play, it came to really trust in that offensive line, those tight ends on the two-yard line, fully confident in their ability to create space for Jack. So tons of discussion on social media about Fresno's last drive, and you guys brought the house, basically just left Jaden Grant. Yeah. And, and they completed the big pass. Yep. What was the thought process on that blitz? Loved it. Loved the call. And I'll tell you why. So there's about a minute left. And we needed one. They, we were down or up three by trying to create, forcing them backwards, holding them then to the field goal. Also, declaring the thing by them scoring a loud 50-some-odd seconds, saved our two timeouts. You think about if we play some softer zone coverage, they run the ball for a gain of two. Either we're calling timeout or tick, tick, tick. That's where we're at. Yeah, did I love that they scored? No, but I love the call by Trent, understanding where the game was at and forcing the issue at that point to save us the time. Changing gears now with Montana State. Did you catch any of the football games this weekend? I mean, the Sun Belt won three big games. Right. Is that something that you can point to to your locker room and say, hey, these other divisions, the lower divisions can. Yeah, well, we, you know, we, we respect everybody we play. Um, they've seen college football, you know, this year, last year on what, you know, one double A had done. Um, these guys are good. They're going to have our full attention. They know how to win. They've got good players. They've got good schemes. I do think our guys will understand that this will this will be a challenge. Thank you. All right, well, we that wraps up uh, this week's edition with uh, Jonathan Smith, about 13, uh, 12 minutes in, and that's it. We will uh, take a break on that note and return in uh, open phones and texts the rest of the way. The Downward Dog phone line, 497-5356. The University of Honda text line, the same number, 497-5356. Anything you'd care to share, uh, your perspective uh, as a fan going back and forth, what was it like? For those of you who did watch uh, CBS Sports Network, how was it? How was the telecast? Were they fair? Did you like the work that they did? But beyond all of that, the emotions that you experienced as a fan in this game, where does this one sort of rate? Nick Daschle was talking about non-conference wins on the road in one of his articles on Oregon Live. Where does this one rank? I think I agreed, Johnny, with one who who texted in and said, well, this was a great win, a better non-conference road win in the modern era was the win at BYU, given the circumstance. You had a backup quarterback. Right. You were trying to maintain your unbeaten streak. You're going to Provo, and the Beavers won that game and won it impressively. I think that may be the best non-conference road win maybe that I've seen in the 24 years I've done Beaver football non-conference road one. There haven't been many. And I think that game, uh, BYU is in a higher standing. It was yes. more the middle of the year. They ha were in a higher standing at that time. Coming off a big win, I think. Yeah, no, that was, so that I lean more towards as a more impressive 
win and maybe even in the in the big scheme a little more important, but who knows. Yeah. But just in terms of an exciting, thrilling finish, conference, non-conference, or otherwise, I'm not sure that I've experienced such a range of emotion as in those last couple of minutes and want to kind of know how you played it out as a fan, what your thoughts were, watching it, what kind of things you were yelling at your TV or your radio about what Jonathan and the Beavers should do, what to do in those uh, incredible final seconds. If you have any thoughts along those lines, 497-5356, 497-5356. Thanks for joining us on 1240 Joe Radio. Hey, Beaver fans. This is Oregon State DB, Alden Julian, and you are listening to the Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio. Nice, nice, Alton Julian. Very good, very good. Welcome back to the show. Mike stepped out. He'll be back any second now. Uh, we have texts, lots of them, on the University Honda text line. Mark te- text in from Wyoming, even though he's originally from Tigard. He said he was uh, listening to the radio, obviously, on the stream, going after Oh, oh after going for it about 427 times, he says, may- maybe I exaggerate here, in Niners' tenure, you better not kick a field goal just to send it to overtime. Win or lose, he finally made the right call, and I was ecstatic that the game ended just like it did. Well, it could have gone the other way, but uh, I like that you like that uh, that was the right call. Uh, Curtis writes in, I think, talking about excitement. Uh, he says, well, he, he said exciting, thrilling game. Curtis always said you have to kick the field goal at home and go for it on fourth Ooh, down on the road. That's an interesting, that's the old baseball book, John. Right, and he Played says. tie at home, went on the road. Uh-huh. Well, I think that's a football thing, too, is isn't it? it? That's well, kind of what I'm gathering. Well. Everybody says when they say it, well, you got to do it on the road. That's a good question because I've, you know, the book, this uh, mythical proverbial, the book says, and I, that's one of the first expressions I ever heard in uh, in a broadcast when I'm seven, eight years old listening to Dodger baseball. Mm-hmm. And what I would hear was, you know, well, the old story has been, was you play to tie at home and win on the road. I mean, I heard that from the time I was eight. And so does that apply to, to, to all sports? <laughs> yeah. I was actually... My my opinion is to tie it up so that you're not doing one play that can make you lose. In other words, you've got opportunity for several plays to, to give yourself a chance to win until it was brought up in the first hour of this show about the heat and the defense being gassed. Mm-hmm. To me, that makes total sense to push me over the top on kind of being a little back and forth it's like, oh, yes, hot, heat, defense, got it. And, you know, you, the other thing, too, that was really, there were several things in that press availability. And if anything, and we'll get back to text in a moment. If you'd like to jump in. We got John on dog, the phone. Four nine seven five three five six. We'll get to John in a minute. Something that was, uh, I think, good to hear, you know, with Angie asking about you went all out blitz and left Jaden on an island. How did you feel about that? Mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah. And I loved it, the too. The thinking the thinking is what, again, why Jonathan is such a shrewd operator or a sade, a smooth, no, a shrewd operator, a simple man, Stones. I'm thinking of all these songs. A shrewd operator. Because if Fresno State moving the ball, dinking it down, they could have. They had timeouts. They could have just killed the clock and yeah. won the game at the end. Yeah. 
So Jonathan says, okay, well, we don't want that. If they're going to score, we'd rather have them score a little earlier. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go all out here, and maybe we, we sack the quarterback, change the thing. Maybe we maybe he underthrows a ball with Jaden on that island, whatever. But Trent dials up a blitz for the sake of the offense, in a sense, on the other end. Yeah. It's like, okay, we're going to go make a big play here. We're going to try to make a big play. But if we don't and they hit it, we're not that upset. Well, as, as he was explaining that, it speaks to the issue of him being really good at clock management. And game, and, just and the whole thinking game. Ahead, yes, like a thinking chess to the next move. Okay, what would, the last thing we want here is for no time on the back end. They score and beat us. Yeah. Yeah. And the way they were moving and all that, you think, well, there's a pretty good chance they're going to score. And so not even just, knowing all that, I love the play. And you're being realistic. You're taking a real, you know, a, a viewpoint of, okay. <laughs> so I like that a lot. The other thing that was <laughs> when he said, I think he said, out for a while with respect to Luke. Mm. You know, we'll wait and see how what that means. First he said he'll miss a game, but then the first answer was a little more. So we'll have to kind of see how that plays out. But don't look for Luke Musgrave this weekend against Montana State. I'm hoping, I, I was when he said that, I was hoping it was, now they'll never admit it, but I was hoping it was, well, it's Montana State, let's hold you yeah. out yeah. and get you better. It happened on the, on the play where he was, according to everybody, not, yeah, he was interfered with. It happened on that play. Yeah. Where he got hurt and couldn't go on. And he'll be out for a while. What a while means, I don't know, but out for a while. That, oh. that was the other piece that I really was interested in hearing. And he also defined, redefined the sequence, bring the field goal unit out, Tedford calls timeout, bring the offense out, Tedford calls timeout again. <laughs> then Coletto says, I want to run right, not the play to the left. The play to the left had scored. And I just talked to Jonathan for a moment after the play. The guys that really did their job, Tyler Morano was in, wearing number 85. Tyler Morano caved in a linebacker for Fresno State, and J.T. Byrne, number 87, in for Musgrave, got just enough of his guy that allowed Coletto to veer wow. right and find the lane for the touchdown. The Beavers did that with Tyler, big blocks from Tyler Morano and J.T. Byrne to win it. At Two non-starters. Right. That's impressive. <laughs> John on the Downward Dog phone line. John, good afternoon. Morning, Mike and John. I uh, just to follow on it. Just after your discussion about uh, Jonathan Smith, uh, I was surprised. I shouldn't have been, I guess, and pleasantly surprised and amazed that this guy would be a deadly poker player. I'm telling you, he <laughs> does not show much emotion no. during the game, one way or the other. And I think that kind of sets an example for his team that. You know, we're still in this no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing that really sealed it for me, you got to watch if you can find a tape at the end of the game. When he came off the field, yes. if I didn't know the score, you could not tell who won or lost. No, you're right. All. You're absolutely right. You know, I, yeah, and I'm sure you guys are aware of that aspect of his personality. But I didn't realize how, how calm and collected and, and thoughtful he comes across and just unflappable. And I think that's a real strength in a head coach. That video you're referring to, that that was on the CBS Sports Network feed when they did kind of a a quick, you know, Jack's running across the back of the end zone. Guys are beginning to jump around and celebrate Mm -hmm. a little bit. I see a few hugs. I've seen video angles from different parts of the stadium where staffers were hugging one another, and then there were people on the Beaver sideline engaged in big hugs. That shot you're talking about is Jonathan kind of walking off, almost shrugging his shoulders, looking slightly to his left. No, no emotion on his face whatsoever. Kind of like, oh, yeah, exactly. yeah, that play worked. It's yeah, right. that was all right. <laughs> yeah, I just think that that's a good example for the team. It's a, you know, I've seen coaches that become so hyper, and I 
think their teams reflect that. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're not always going to win and all, and our things aren't always going to go well. But if you've got a, a sort of an example of somebody who, who stays calm, stays thoughtful, I, I think that's an attribute, a real attribute. I agree. Great point, yeah. John. Thanks for making it. We appreciate it. Four nine seven fifty three fifty six. if there's any aspects to the game, the experience of the game, your thoughts about Decisions, strategies, calls, et cetera, 497-5356. One of those games, John, as you've alluded to, that – Also had Doug on the line. Oh, okay. Still was the operative word there. I'll get to Doug in a moment. I don't know if he's returned from France yet or not, but Tom Huggins was listening to the game on an island between Sicily and Italy, apparently – uh, on a cruise ship, and they heard the game at 4 in the morning, he told wow. me, and stayed up and listened to it. So thank you, Tom, for that. We'll get to Doug in a moment. The uh, that, that poker face that he's talking about, Jonathan can find the emotion when he needs to, though, and a lot of that, I think, is behind closed doors, sort of clubhouse locker room stuff yeah. where he, <laughs> he can get fired up uh, with the best of them. But what were you referring to? I was something else I was going to. Um. You touched on this. I don't remember. Okay, I can't either. Too too many things to try to remember mm-hmm. and a lot going on. But Doug is on the line. Doug, are you still in Europe? Are you back? Did you stay up until 4 in the morning? Doug, welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Hey, thank you, guys. So Different this is Doug. actually Doug in Springfield, oh. not Doug from Europe. Okay. <laughs> You're um, a little closer. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Thank you. Europe sounds nice, though. Um, rather than smoke. Anyway, Mike, your question is how did we take the game in? We streamed it. uh, We streamed your call while we watched it on CBS Sports with too many little kids around making too much noise, but that was okay. (laughs) Um, As far as, you know, emotions down the stretch, the end of the game, I found myself actually um, somewhat objective. I think I was just kind of guarding my heart. Mm -hmm. I would let myself get down when they scored but I was too cautious to actually get elated until the, the wonderful end. Um, but I was kind of protecting my heart, my heart there a little bit. Sure. I understand that. Totally. I, I understand it, too. And that's why, John, I played it close. I, I was fairly until Doug, Doug's experience is exactly what I think I experienced as. Yeah, I guess I could say I'm kind of a fan of the program. <laughs> uh, I, at the end... I let it all loose, if that makes any sense, Doug. Is that what you're saying, too, that you just kind of, okay, we're ahead, okay, we're behind, okay, we're ahead, okay, we're behind again. Try to maintain an even keel. You're doing that to protect your heart and your soul and your life. And in the end, the glory hits, and you go crazy, right? I mean, that's kind of how I experienced it. Absolutely went crazy and stayed up too late and listened to all (laughs) of TJ till I fell asleep, and uh, it was wonderful. And now... You know, as the the game crosses my mind, day later, two days later, it's just always an instant smile. So yeah. pretty sweet in the end. I did have one other thing. I wanted to uh, kind of follow up with Dave and his thought about mobile ticketing. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with him, and I hope there remains an option to get uh, paper tickets. And I would also hope that the athletic department would take away the penalty for getting those yeah. because you can request them. But there's a pretty substantial charge. It's mm-hmm. not a nominal charge. I think mm-hmm. it was $50 for football plus another 25 if you waited till after a certain date. So I, I would hope that they might remove that extra fee 
they might consider it nominal, but it actually it, it, it piles on a bit, especially for multiple sports. Okay, thanks for the input on that, Doug, and thank you for sharing your experiences with us, too. And we certainly will have further conversations with the powers that be across the way at Gill about these matters. Thank you for, uh, for the call, Doug. We appreciate it. Uh, the thing that he brought up brought back to mind, he said he stayed up too late. And that's, I was saying, Doug, uh, Johnny, what were you talking about? It wasn't quite Thursday night when it's the only game and it ended at a reasonable hour, Thursday night, September 25th, 2008 beating Pete Carroll and the number one USC Trojans behind Jacquez here in the 2008 season. But this had overtones of it, I felt, yeah. getting on the plane very late, you know, after midnight and hitting, you know, I can't remember exactly what time we actually left the tarmac in Fresno. But before, you know, before that and just in the immediate aftermath, Twitter Twitter just blowing up. Now, 2008, that wasn't a thing, so it wasn't quite the same. But I remember the next day, that evening on SportsCenter, and the next day, because that event occurred on a Thursday, the Beavers had the national market to themselves on Friday. And everybody all day long all over the country. Did you see that Oregon State game last night against USC? That type of thing. That's what it felt like because it was the last game of the night. Right. Or one of, I think, Washington had, or no, who was it? Somebody, oh, uh, Arizona and Mississippi State. But um, I just was, I was surprised at all of the Mm -hmm. East Coast people who were tweeting about the finish. Yeah. No, they were they were still going. So I think it does. I, I think that type of national showcase, even as late at night as yeah. it was, I saw some tweets saying, "Hey, people need to see the hammer. They need to see Coletto and the Beavers earlier in the day in the evening." By the way, the USC game time has been set, six thirty at Research Stadium, six thirty at night, a week from this Saturday when the Trojans and Lincoln Riley come to town, and there, there are whispers. Nick said it's on a short list. Others have been whispering and talking about. Game day, perhaps, if both teams are 3-0. and I expect both teams to be 3-0. and yeah. I also expect Fresno State to score some points. I hope they do. I don't want to see USC shut Fresno State down. No. You know, because then it tells me, eh, you know what I mean by the comparison. Oh, yeah. Even though oh, comparisons yeah. are odious, oh, you yeah. want Fresno State to score points against against USC. <laughs> you do. You yeah. simply Brooks do. Hatch is on the line. He was at the Mariner <laughs> game yesterday. So, and Mike from Seattle is also So we've got uh, open phones and, and text lines to get into all of that. 630 for USC. But the impossible the, the game day atmosphere and all of that right. possibly if right. both teams are 3-0, right. and the Beavers and USC could be part of a game day experience here. But to have that kind of late stage to yourself almost to yourself you know Arizona and Mississippi State may have been going but there was nothing really thrilling right. about the end of that game Leach had it in hand <coughs> that kind of cools the Jed Fish is uh, the greatest coach since Frank Leahy talk down a little bit but Leach goes in and wins that game big so just to see it all pouring in was really sweet and then even all day yesterday there yeah. were still videos and tweets and people commenting on Jonathan and the Beavs and that does I think it does the program. But it only good. moved the, the needle a little yeah. bit in the polls and in I, both yeah. AP and co- and the coaches. I, I, I'm, that's fine. I, I Nick wondered about I saw Nick post. Other people yeah. have talked about what does this do with respect to the top 25. That whole thing, it, it depends where you begin. And if you begin nowhere in it, it takes right. some work to fall out of it right. as witness Texas A&M, Oregon, oh, you know, man. in spite of some, some bad losses. 
if you start high, you stay in there longer. The exactly. Beavers in 2001, in 2001, after losing to Fresno State 44-24, went from number 10 to number 22, and I think held it for one more week after beating New Mexico State 27-22. Is Notre Dame out now? What, what, what about I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I, I watched so. these upsets. It was a great day of it college was, football. It was, and that's the I'll close on that before we get back to calls. Brock Heward said something. Brock was working the Washington State uh, game at oh, Wisconsin, man. and that's the one thing. Good for Dickert, good for the Cougs. That's yeah. a good win for the conference. It's a, a great storyline for Dickert and the Cougs. I get, I get all of that. That stole a little bit of the Beavers' spotlight and thunder in the Pac-12. But the Cougars themselves didn't move the needle in the polls well, either. Well, that may not, that may be true. But they got a lot of love for what they did and yeah, what they're as doing, they should. and they should, and that's why that was huge. But Brock Heward at the end of the game. Yeah, whether you like Brock's work or not, he just said when the game was ending and Dickert was celebrating, a little more emotion in Dickert's part than Jonathan Smith's part, just for whatever that's worth. But Dickert's happy, and he should be. Heward just made this statement, kind of threw it out in a blanket kind of way as I was in the hotel room in Fresno getting ready for our game. But Heward just said, I, I love college football. I love college football. I love this. And he talked about a little bit with all the talk about realignment and who belongs, power five, group of five, power five schools. Who, he said, this is just great. And, and, and it's right. He's right. Washington State goes to Wisconsin. And Washington State, like Oregon State, are the two schools that don't get mentioned that often when it comes to all this right. realignment, super conference power talk. <laughs> don't and get and both have two of the best wins over the weekend. That's right. On the road in college football. That's great. That is great. Now, let's go to, I think we had... Uh, Brooks is first. Brooks first. Brooks Hatch, who was in Seattle yesterday. Wow. Watching the, the great finish with the Mariners. And then we'll go to Mike, also in Seattle. Brooks, I think, is back in town. Brooks, thanks for the call. Good afternoon. Hey, how are you guys? Good. Great. Thank you. What was it like up there yesterday? You know, I, I have to be honest. We left the game after the eighth inning. We had to take the train back to seat or back oh to uh angle lake and get and get going with the drive so it was six two after eight and, and we left but in a way that was even better because we were on the train and it was full of mariners fans and the guy hit the three-run homer for atlanta you could just hear the whole car go oh yeah. and then the two-run homer and, oh and then julio hit the home run and you could hear cheering and then suarez hit the home run and the whole car was just cheering. Now, is this people so, listening to it on so the radio? Kind of, that was kind of cool. Brooks, was that when you say the whole people listening on the radio to it? Yeah, well, people had their, you know, we were on the light rail down from yes. from SeaTac down to, to Angle. Yeah, people had their phones on okay. and were watching it and okay, all that gotcha. stuff because the whole car was full of people who had been to the Mariners game. <laughs> a little bit. You saying so, that? You said it was so great we could to kind of live through it that way. That's a great way to live through it and a great way to experience. But it's also it could be argued that that's like people saying, "Yeah, I left in the eighth inning uh, with the with Eckersley coming in because I knew the Dodgers wouldn't." I score. know. I know. <laughs> and had 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 we not lived 240 miles away from the stadium, right, and facing uh, Seattle traffic and right. a four and a half hour drive, I get it. We probably would have stayed till the very end, but. You know, hey, that's kind of the way life I, is. I get it. Brooks, what did you make of Mariner Mania? Is it back fully? Did you, Was the atmosphere tremendous in the ballpark yesterday? Yeah, that, it, it was really good. We got up there probably into that neighborhood uh, after getting off the train between 1030 and 11, and there were just, you know, thousands of people. The lines were already long to get into the stadium. And, and 
you know, Seattle's a great baseball town when they have a reason to yeah. be a great baseball town. True. And, you know, for so many years, the Mariners have been so bad, I don't blame people for not getting excited. <laughs> but they, yeah. they're, they're good now. They've shown they have a, you know, they've made that commitment to Julio to, to show that they're, they're finally serious about winning. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I thought it was great. Did you watch all of and experience the Beaver game the night before? You know, I watched the first half, and it was late. I went to bed, but I couldn't sleep, so I got up, and I did. I, I tuned it on when Fresno had the ball, like first and goal at the nine. So I saw the touchdown, and then I, I saw the, the, the comeback. The thing that, that, that gave me hope was the guy missing the extra point. Yeah. I thought that was a huge play. Yes. Instead of, a, you know, all of a sudden I just thought, hey, we just need a field goal right. to at least keep playing overtime. And that changes things totally. Yes, absolutely, psychologically. And, well, not only that, Brooks, but you think about it. It's late. You you, you might have turned it off if he didn't miss that, if it's a four-point game instead of three. Well, yeah, but there's only a minute at that point. But, and I think, uh, you know, there's a couple things, too. Uh, Jonathan, after the game, I think he had so much respect for Tedford or has so much respect. You know, he didn't want to go go over there going going crazy right. kind of in Tedford's, you know. So he went over there, stayed calm, you know, shook Tedford's hand. I guess he talked to Hainer quite a bit before mm-hmm. they went off the field. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to show respect for your for your other guy. I get the Washington State coach going crazy after that game, but, you know, I kind of like what Jonathan did. Show yeah. the respect for, for Tedford and not getting all crazy in his face. Brooks, and and as, yeah. as far as your as far as your call and Aaron's call yeah. yesterday with the Mariners. It's like, has anyone ever said, oh, God, Russ Hodges, like you got a little <laughs> bit too excited there with the, the Giants win the pennant. I mean, like you said, you got to put it in context. That was a, a great a generational win for the Beavers and for the Mariners. Yes, yes. It went from what Eggers was saying, tweeting, this is going to be an all-time loss for the Mariners if they lose. This is an all-timer in terms of the punch to the gut, what it does to your psyche, your collective momentum, all of that. Turn that around in that span. Gary Hill on the postgame is saying these last 15 minutes have just been surreal in that respect. How you felt going to the ninth, how you felt during the, the ninth, and then the bottom of the ninth. I mean, you can't go through many more emotional swings than that unless maybe you were in Fresno the night before. So it was quite a weekend, no well, doubt yeah, about or, that. Yeah, or, you know, in 95 when the Yankees went ahead in the top of the 12th yes. and then the, then the Mariners came back and scored too. It's like you're going to tell, hey, Niehaus, like you got a little bit excited. There. Yes, like, yes. Come on. <laughs> Brooks, thanks for sharing. I appreciate the call. All right, appreciate you it. bet. Let's go to Mike hanging up there uh, in kind of the Seattle theme, but a great beaver who also covers all things Seattle. Mike, good to hear from you. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. It's good to hear from you guys also, Mike and John and TJ. and Thank you. The Dale Hummel, who runs the boards late into the night with TJ. That's right. That's Dale. <laughs> yes, yes, he was there helping me, yeah. <laughs> helping me out. We're here until about well, 1.30. Well, again, as I, as I always tell you guys, it's been a long haul. Uh, on the Joe Beaver Show and KEJO and KLU Texas March of 2020. Hard to believe about two and a half years of all this now. And I think this is what makes all these wins and this fun activity that has sports involved in Oregon State. Uh, it makes it so rewarding because 
uh, if you think back a couple of years ago, you know, we didn't even know if we were going to play games. And so mm-hmm. now it's a lot of fun as you win. So a couple thoughts. I think that T.I. call down on the goal line that was against Fresno State, I think that was that was the biggest call of the game. Uh, I've watched it a couple times, and I think it could have been a no call. But we got lucky, we got a good call, and we got the ball on the two, and we punched it in. Hey, Mike, before you get to your next point, I've talked to Jonathan and others in, in the post-presser ap- uh, aftermath in the last couple of minutes, and Scheffler and others, but if it may have been a good – it may have been a no call on the interference they did call, Jonathan said no question Luke yep. was interfered with on his seam route that that should have been called. So maybe, just maybe, there was a sense that eh, we might have missed yeah. that last one. We're not going to miss another one. Absolutely, and that could be why that guy in the other booth was looking at you so sternly, you know, <laughs> as if he was going to come get you. <laughs> like they thought I was going to do in Indianapolis, you know, when the guy walked yeah. me right back the door as, as I was coming to say hi. Yes, yes. But um, uh, up here in San Luis, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of fun talk today, you know, with the Mariners doing great, and the Cougars winning, and the Huskies winning. And the Huskies are like a three-and-a-half-point favorite now at home against Michigan State, yeah. which is That's I interesting. Think, kind of shocking. Yeah. But there's people really excited about that. Um, and I think it makes our game against USC at home in a couple weeks, you know, a big, big game. And then the Cougars come later in the schedule. And uh, I think it's going to be a great season for us. It's fun when you go on the road and win, you know, as a traveler and a fan. And so all the people, you know, that took the chance and made that journey down to Fresno, they're they're probably very happy today. And it sounds like they were treated pretty well. So, Bill Beeves, thanks for all, all you guys are doing for us on the radio. Thanks, Mike, Mike, thank you for the call. Thanks for what you do. Let's break on that note. We'll get to some texts and calls in our remaining minutes. Mike Parker, John Warren, T.J. Mathewson heading down the stretch on this Monday afternoon on the Joe Beaver Show. Where does this one rank in terms of a thrilling win for you as a fan? And I'm talking about road games primarily. We've had bigger wins, more important wins, more significant wins. I get all of that. But in terms of a road win finish, what compares? 497-5356-1240, Joe Radio. The home of the Oregon State Beavers. 1240, Joe Radio. All right, welcome uh, as we continue here from the Jack and Ginny Wilborn room. We've got some text to get to. Dave says, Brooks, uh, Mike, did you look into the booth next door when that pass interference was called to to see the look on their faces? Did they argue the call or concede it? That's from Dave. Um, Let's see. Uh, The final score, Paul Rents. Okay, Paul. Uh, Amy writes in to say, we watched CBS Sports Network and listened to Mike on sync radio also reading latest tweets come in constantly under uh, the the game icon score under the sports tab best way to consume a beaver game in my opinion amy says all right and uh andy writes in to say for me what makes the victory extra or super special as mike would bristle at is (laughs) he has super in quotes no i love it's a super win it's it's a it's a common word now remembering the losses to nevada in 2018 hawaii Mm -hmm. stanford and washington state in 19 washington and stanford in 20 and washington state cal and colorado in 21 (laughs) colorado in 21 that hurt uh, felt so good to have it go the other way, and as another huge milestone. We have Greg on the line for uh, for the term in the rebirth of the program, 
And uh, Craig says, I don't remember there being much of a fee for paper tickets when I purchased my season tickets for football. I heard it was 75 bucks. So I know that's a, the, the, the thing about the, the getting upset about the, the ticket thing. And I get it. I totally get it, especially when you're trying to make it work in the first place, much less have, a, have an outage is that it goes along with everything in society right now. It's all going digital. So what was once a guarantee, you had paper, there could not be mistakes. Just like a ticket in your back, in your wallet, isn't going to be a mistake. The whole world is doing that now. So I don't. I think that's a, a tidal wave you can't stop. Yeah. I get a little nervous about uh, non-paper tickets when traveling at the airport. What uh-huh. if the system goes down? What if my phone goes down? What or if out I can't and I find can't... it on my phone? Right. No, I know. I, I, I'm old school, old-fashioned enough. I agree with Dave and others in that old-school realm. Yes. I'd like to have a backup, you know, a paper ticket of some sort in mm-hmm. my hand if the digital system is difficult to execute or, or crashes or whatever right. else. I get it. We're going to go to Greg in just a second. Nick Dashell wrote this. Others have talked about it, too. The Beavers are 2-0, and and I don't think – I don't want to go 2,000 quite yet. Yeah. But I will say this by comparison to 2,000. The Beavers in 2,000 were 2-0, and and they had beaten Eastern Washington 21-19 to and New Mexico 28-20 to and didn't look good particularly in either win. I'm telling you. New Mexico or New Mexico State? New Mexico in 20. They played New Mexico State in 21 and won there 27 to 22 after the Fresno State game. And the New Mexico State game was when the plane had problems and you got out of there late? No, that was Albuquerque, New Mexico in 2000 when the plane had a flat tire and we had to wait for the spare to be brought in from Fresno. (laughs) Dennis wasn't happy about that. No, he wasn't. We hadn't played well. We were a a very shaky 2-0. That team, though, got better and that's one of the things I think Nick wrote in one of his takeaways that he wrote takeaways from the game or something to that effect he could probably he's here he could affirm but I thought one of his takeaways was the Beavers there's more there's more out there it's not like they've played flawless football for two games no they've got I think a a stronger overall level of game yet to come they're going to need it but I think I think it's in them I think it's in them to get there and they've had excellent work in all phases in both games, but consistency, I think there's more to come just as in that 2000 team they built and got better as they went, and who knows, maybe the parallels can continue through 2000, which after the fourth game that year in 2000, the Beavers were 4-0, and and what got them to 4-0 was a 31-21 win over USC. Do you know what the score was the week before that? Against San Diego State, 35-3. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't believe you on New Mexico, so I looked it up. Yeah. No, I, I was there, John. Because I, I was thinking of New Mexico State. and uh, uh, State in 01. I can think of the game in my mind's eye. Yeah. Las Cruces. Yeah. I don't think that game was even on television, if I remember. No, anyway, I let's go to Greg on the Downward Dog phone line. Greg, thanks for the call. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Yeah, hey, guys. Hey, um... The one game that made me kind of think of, mind you, it was a much different context, this game uh, being early in the season, and the one I'm thinking of was towards the end of the season, and maybe you've brought it up already. It was it was a Sun Bowl, and I think it was against Pittsburgh, I want to say, and uh, the extra point, we scored a touchdown, extra point would have tied the game, uh, but we, we went for a two-point conversion to win. Um, I think it might have been 
uh, Bernard that ran it in. Do you remember, Mike? Yes, I do. 06? <laughs> that was the 06 Sun Bowl yeah. against Missouri. Yeah. The Beavers were down 38-24 to 24 midway through the uh, fourth quarter. And then Sammy Strotter got a nice punt return, and the Beavers pulled within seven at 38-31, to 31, then held, then get the ball back and drive another great drive and get within 38-37. And the extra point would have tied it at 38 down there in El Paso. And Evanson Bernard in the Beavs. In fact, Matt Moore was on the sideline with Bob DeCarolis. And suddenly... Momentum, uh, okay. So well, Bobby and, D had to say, "Get out, get there. out there! You're, you're going for it, or whatever." And so Matt, oh, see you later, Bobby. So Matt runs back onto the field, and Evanson Bernard on the field after the game in celebration said, "I called the play." So it has shades of Coletto. Bernard Evanson went to Mike Riley and said, "Let's run power to the right and go for it here, Coach. Let's do it. Let's run it. I'll score. Let's do it." A play the Beavers had put in that week. A power play to the right. And Bernard, they'd only run it like one other time maybe that game early. And Evanson felt like they could go back to it. So he convinced Riley, let's run power to the right. And kind of an inside power play with a guard pulling from the left side. And and Evanson got a little bit of a crease and scored the two-point conversion. And that put the Beavers ahead 39-38. Now, that wasn't a walk-off because there was still a little bit of time left in regulation. But it was close to a walk-off kind of win. And the similarity here with Coletto is Jack going to Jonathan and saying, saying, let's yeah. run right. I've got, let's run. I've, I'd much rather take this play to the right and do this than what was originally dialed up. So shades of both with Coletto and Bernard and finishes on the road. That's a good pull, Greg. Yeah, and I, I was, I mean, as soon as they took that timeout and they are trying to decide what to do, I just, Thought about that sun ball and yeah, it's like oh, you got to go for the win. So good well, listen, you guys have a good day and go bees. Thanks, Thanks a Greg. lot, Greg. Great good, call, good and memory, good pull, good recollection. Do you know who the halftime guest was of that bowl game? Rihanna. Yes. Before she'd made it big. How about that? And your daughter was there, and my son was yes, there. Yes, and they kind of knew her. And they did, and they were they were calling their friends back home. Rihanna's the halftime right. show because she was just on when the When you way say up. halftime guest, you not not on the Beavers no, Sports no, no, Network, the show. but the halftime show, show yes. Yeah. And I thought maybe Callan pulled her over for an interview right after the <laughs> concert. <laughs> but that's kind of like, yeah, you catch a star yeah, on the way caught, up. We did catch her on the way up. And I remember thinking, who? Who's the halftime? She, let me just who? put it this way. Rihanna? She wouldn't. That's what I said. <laughs> she wouldn't be doing the Sun Bowl anytime soon. No. she was. Her star was rising high. Yes. But I remember Lydia and Matthew, thank heaven for young people, <laughs> the same age. And Lydia and Matthew were watching the game together, and mm-hmm. they were they were fired up that yeah. they got this Rihanna for halftime. <laughs> <laughs> and I did I did half of the pregame show, and Todd Mansfield came comes running in, running as fast you know as much as he could because he was coming back from a women's game. Right. He's bald and he just was sweating yes, profusely, yes. <laughs> and he's breathing and everything, and he couldn't get me out of the chair fast enough. To get on that This air. is my domain. This is mine. You're not taking this. <laughs> I'm like, and, and Priest and I were just ripping along. Right, it was right. a great show. And I'm like, huh? okay. Okay, I'm out. <laughs> I went outside. Take over, Todd. <laughs> sat and watched the game with my son. What a great game, though. What, that was a tremendous was, football game. It was a great game. It was 2006. I'll never forget yeah. it. And then 2009, you go and play Pittsburgh in the same bowl game, 3 nothing or 6-3. 
the, in 2008. 2008. Three, three nothing. That, that I dubbed a horrible game and got jumped on by you and everybody. Well, what are you talking about? It's a Beaver win. I don't care. <laughs> they can be ugly. The the the, the out the you know the yeah the, the final product is great. Yay! Woohoo! But you can say it wasn't it the most aesthetically speaking. Yes. Not the the punter is your MVP. Why Johnny do we have Hecker. to be so myopic? It's it was terrible, but they got the win. Yay! Yeah. Well. I just remember being feeling refreshed after that thing because of the, I'm not even going to – the previous game before going into that Sun Bowl game is one of the more miserable experiences I, of life. Oh, Could you, yeah, so just oh, we'll leave it there. Yes. But to, to then but, hold the team to nothing, yeah, it was much better. That's now, true. The, <laughs> the letdown, though, that you yeah, talk of, yeah. you're playing for it all. Yeah. And uh, you're, now you're in the – it was worse the, the following Bowl. year. It was worse the following year in terms of the letdown, not the game. The game was better in 09, a great yeah. college football game. You heard Jonathan right here yeah. at the beginning of his little talk uh, in the press availability saying that was a great college football game, first of all. Yeah. And, boy, you wonder now, too. But in 09, the pain was immense. I'm not over either 08 right. or 09. Right. But the 09 – with quite a difference. That was a tremendous college football game. Yes, it, it really was. was. It was. It was a great game. And You're the Beavs on nine. the road, 30-21. to 21. Yeah, yeah. The Beavs gave it a great look to try to get to Pasadena down there. Painful defeat, no now, question, but a great football yes, game. Yes, and the good news is. But then dropped to the Vegas Bowl. That was a big letdown. Huge yeah. letdown. But the good news is that we thought at that point, okay, we'll never see it again. And now we can because there are no more divisions. It's all one league. So you can yes. have that, that, quote, unquote, it could game happen. playing for at least who's going to go to the title game. It could happen again, yes. We close with, as Greg went through trying to think back, to, <laughs> the list was long of painful defeats he, as he went through. You, you tend oh, yeah. to, you know, oh, the, Curtis the, on the, on the, the winning, you know, uh, Losing hurts more yes. than winning feels good. Pat this, Casey said that. No, nah, it was Bruce Hurst. I, I think Pat agrees with it. All who was the originator of that line? Bruce Hurst is the one. Uh, Bruce Hurst, eighty-six Red Sox. I losing uh, hurts more than winning feels good. I agree with that. 100%. Yeah, no, I do too. And and that's why you win is great and glowing, but but and you then got you're the, ready next for the next game next one. And, yeah, and then the losing, the gut punches on some of it these stays losses. with you. So this way, this one almost, this almost had a different, that win felt really good.